Welcome to the Word Ministry of Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We trust that the following message will be a blessing. Open up your hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you through the preaching and teaching of one of God's choice servants. Hey, church family, I'm excited that we could share the Word of God today after such great worship and after our time of communion. Today, we're going to be talking about how faith comes through hearing, how faith comes through hearing. The objective today is for us to understand how the substance of faith cannot be disconnected from the church. People think it's an individualistic kind of thing, even when they have faith. And we're going to see from the text of the famous passage that's always quoted in Romans 10, 17, we're going to see through the context how you can't disconnect the hearing of faith from the church. Some questions to ask ourselves are, what is the difference between faith as a belief system and faith as an invisible substance that's in our heart? What is the difference between faith as a belief system and faith as an individual substance inside of us? Another question to ask yourself is, are you doing everything necessary to stay in faith? Are you walking in faith or fear? So hopefully those are questions you will be able to answer today so that you could allow God to remedy those issues. So again, the text is Romans 10, but we're going to start with verse 13 for context. Paul says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How will they hear without someone preaching? How are they going to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed and who has heard from us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so what we have to understand from this text is how faith comes, how it is generated, and how we stay in faith. But before we do that, as an introduction, I want us to understand there's a difference between the faith as a system of belief and faith as a powerful energizing substance within our hearts. So faith is also a belief system when it's called the faith. Jude 4 says that we ought to earnestly contend for the faith that was once for all delivered unto the saints. He's not talking about the individual substance of faith that's in, invisible. He talks about that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. But he's talking about a system, a constellation of beliefs that the church comes together around and propagates and establishes others in Christ. And so Paul calls this a pattern of sound words that he handed down to Timothy and to the churches he established. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, he told Timothy, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. The good thing which was committed to you keep by the Holy Spirit which dwells in you. And so Jude calls it the faith. Paul calls it the pattern or system of sound words. 
It's a constellation of beliefs related to who Jesus is, why he came, who is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, how is somebody saved, what is the gospel, what is the main essence of the gospel, what do we really believe. This was summarized in what's called the Apostles' Creed, which many of us have memorized, and it's something that depicts a summary of what the apostles taught in the first century that they handed down to their children and used to disciple other people. The Apostles' Creed is a great, great summary, and it's something that all of us should be familiar with when it comes to understanding succinctly what we really believe. The Apostles' Doctrine was something that the Apostles' Creed came out of, and it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that after people got saved, they were committed to what's called the Apostles' Doctrine. Again, this is the faith that was once for all handed down to the saints. It was called the Pattern of Sound Words, and it was called the Apostles' Doctrine in Acts chapter 2. And so when churches are not systematically teaching sound doctrine, then the faith is not being passed down and the gospel becomes diluted. And unfortunately, we see that today when so few Christians are really established in the first principles of the faith. We're going to deal with this subject solely next week. But today we're dealing with faith as a substance in our heart, as an invisible substance. It tells us in Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By it the elders obtained a good report. And so the importance of faith according to the New Testament, cannot be overstated, as the Bible even tells us in Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. That was the passage that the great Protestant reformer Martin Luther uh, read, which led to his salvation. He understood that I'm saved by faith, not by works. In Hebrews 11.6, it tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if it doesn't come by faith, then it's not from God. If a person doesn't walk in faith, then they will walk in fear, or they'll try to gain favor with God through works, which is the opposite of being saved through grace. And so walking in faith, believing the body of beliefs that the Bible talks about, uh, and understanding how to walk individually as a believer through faith, is the way we live. And so, if we have faith in God, then we will not have fear in our circumstances. And the more faith we have in God, the less fear we have in our life, because fear and faith are opposite principles and even energies. The more fear we have, the less room we have for faith in God. So we have to understand how faith comes so we could dispel fear and anxiety, especially during these days of civil unrest, of COVID and economic uncertainty. Boy, if there's ever a time we needed to walk in faith, it's now. But let's get back to the text. We're going to start with Romans 10, verse 13. Prior to that, Paul said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. Then verse 13, he says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so when we talk about this great passage of Romans 10, 17, 
which says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or the word of Christ, we have to understand that the context is framed from verse 9 on in how someone gets saved and what happens when they call upon the name of the Lord. So our salvation begins with faith and continues because of faith. In other words, the way we get saved is the way we stay saved. We call upon the name of the Lord because we believe in our heart what we confess with our mouth about Jesus, then we are saved. So salvation begins with faith, but as we will see, we stay in faith and stay in our Christian walk through faith. And then he says, how will they call upon him in whom they have not believed? That's verse 14. And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard? And so we see here that the knowledge of God is the first step to believing in God. You have to hear something. You have to know something. You have to uh, be informed about something. That's why the faith that was handed down once for all to the saints is so important to know. It's this way we understand who God is. We understand what we're supposed to believe because that is the foundation for our personal faith. The other thing is the corporate faith of systems of beliefs that is handed down. But then to the point we believe it to that extent do we have individual faith that we could apply that body of faith in our life. So the first thing is we have to have the knowledge of God. That's the first step to developing faith, developing that substance of faith in our heart. This is illustrated in how the woman with the issue of blood received her healing in Mark chapter 5. We see in verse 25 to 34 that a certain woman had an issue of blood for 12 years, uh, 26 years. She suffered much, but when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, touched his garment, for she said, if I will only touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood dried up. She knew in her body that she was healed, and Jesus said, who touched my clothes? And he looked around to see who had done this, and he said, woman, verse 34, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So we see here how she first heard about Jesus. That triggered inside of her a choice of whether to believe the report about Jesus or not to believe. Well, she chose to believe, went in the crowd, touched the hem of his garment. She was healed instantly. So first we have the knowledge of God. The more ignorant you are of God's Word, the less faith you can exercise. The more of God you know, the more the Holy Spirit can trigger faith on the inside of you. Then he said, again in Romans 10, how are they to hear without somebody preaching? This shows the context, again, to receiving faith, that it involves another person sharing the Word of God with another person. And so in this particular passage, Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. Uh, how are they to hear without somebody preaching? We see that faith comes more through the ears than through the eyes of study. There are other portions of Scripture dealing with the importance of individual studies, such as Joshua 1, 8 and 9, where it talks about meditating in the Word of God. In Psalm 1, it says, as we meditate in the Word of God, we will bear much fruit. Psalm 119 talks about how loving the law of God, hiding the law of God in our hearts causes us to flourish, to prosper, to not sin against God. There are many passages that talk about studying the Word of God, 
But in this particular passage where it talks about how faith comes, it's talking about through the ears more than through the eyes. And it also deals with the fact that there is more than one person involved. Faith is never individual. You could never, ever live by faith without the church. You could never grow in faith without other people. You cannot isolate yourself from the body of people God has called you to and continue to walk in faith. And so it says, how can they believe except somebody preaches? So that's talking about how we need another person to bring the faith to us initially. And then it says, how are they to preach unless they assent? This shows that those who are preaching should be representative of the church that sent them. As Christians, we don't merely represent ourselves, but we represent the church we're connected to. Evangelism is not an individual endeavor. How can they go unless they're sent? That has to do with alignment. That has to do with preparation. That has to do with the fact that the church has been entrusted, the very oracles of God, that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. And so if someone's going to be legitimate when they're preaching, they have to be sent by the church. They have to represent the church. And so to the extent that they represent the church, to that extent, there'll be a safety net. To that extent, they'll probably be preaching something that is uh, not off kilter, uh, that they're accountable to. To that extent, are they going to be preaching the faith that was once for all delivered unto the saints? There's a greater chance, not foolproof, that they're doing that. But anyway, it's talking here about how people have to be sent, by implication, sent by the church, as we see in Acts chapter 13, that Paul and Barnabas were sent by the church before they went to preach. So evangelism is not an individual endeavor. The church has been entrusted by God to pass down the faith. So the church is a family of families, does life together around a set of beliefs, and we're called to protect and enhance the faith and make disciples of new converts. That's what we're called to do. And so preaching that is disconnected from the local church is illegitimate and will not result in true discipleship. And so we see here that the essence of the gospel is connected to the church. Person believes because somebody preached to them, but that person who preached is connected to the church. If they're not connected to the church, then the person who hears the word won't be connected to the church. You'll have a dysfunctional arrangement here and you'll be giving birth to babies without giving them parents or a family or a home. So it's important that people who evangelize are connected to a church and are recommending people they lead to Christ, to the body of Christ. Then he goes on to say in verse uh, 15 and 16, As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. As Isaiah says, Lord who has believed, uh, that's Isaiah 53, then he says, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the gate of the ears more than the gate of the eyes. Uh, and this shows how important it is that we stay connected to the local church. That we have people constantly exhorting us. We're sitting under the word. We're listening to the word. Uh, you can't just study the word on your own. I don't care how how many study Bibles and commentaries you have, how many apps you have, but you need other people to speak the Word, to pray the Word, to surround you 
with the Word of God so that faith can continue to grow and be fanned inside of you. And so we depend on others to hear and hear and hear and hear. And the more we hear the Word, the more faith will be generated on the inside of us. And so the hearing is important, the sending is important, and the connection to the church is important. Faith is never an individual endeavor. So what are some of the various ways we hear? Because it's important that we hear the Word, because faith comes through hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Well, number one, faith is produced by hearing through participating in corporate prayer. We see in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. They had boldness, that means they had faith, they had courage. How did that courage come? It came because they were praying together, corporate prayer. I can't overstate how important it is that you remain connected during the week when we have our Zoom prayer meetings on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Tuesday night. There's constant prayer in small Zoom meetings, Saturday mornings. There's always something going on in our church related to corporate prayer. And every time I'm involved in corporate prayer, I'm filled with the Spirit and I'm filled with boldness. And it's more powerful than when I try to pray by myself, although I do pray by myself. You have to do both. Number two, another way we receive faith is by sitting under the Word of God. In Acts chapter 14, we see in verse 8 that in Lister, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard, notice he heard, faith comes by hearing, he heard Paul speaking, Paul observed him intently and sensed that he had faith to be healed. Not an accident that faith to be healed came after he heard Paul preaching. You don't sit under the word. If you're not getting fed through others, through the church, your faith will be low. And so he sensed that he had faith to be healed because the man was listening to his preaching, sitting under the word. And Paul said in a loud voice, stand up on your feet, and he leaped and walked. He was able to get healed because he took the time to first sit under the Word. The third way we receive faith is by assembling together in church. I'm so excited that we are launching on July 19th in both campuses. We're starting to meet again with proper social distancing. Why? It's so important that we come together. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. So the context here is faith. Then it says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. Again, the context is faith, verse 23. Verse 24, it talks about how that faith comes and is sustained. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so the more as you see the day approaching. What does exhortation do? Well, in the third chapter of the same book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Beware, brethren, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, 
lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. And so exhorting one another, exhort just means to be a cheerleader, to encourage others. When we are together, stops people from being hardened through the deception of sin. And it talks about how we partake of Christ if we hold fast until the end of our life, steadfast to the end. By implication, it comes by being in church, constantly hearing the word, getting uh, encouraged, having cheerleaders, people telling us we can make it no matter how hard it is. The fourth way we hear the word and receive faith is by observing the lives of other faithful believers. It tells us in Hebrews 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So the cloud of witnesses was referring to Hebrews 11, all the saints that went before us. And as we read those stories, as we look at the lives of our friends and family and even those we see on television or those we read about, uh, we also build our faith when we see how God does great exploits through them. Number five, another way we receive faith, and this is the most important way, is by continually looking unto Jesus, who is the head of the body of Christ. It tells us in Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus... Why? Because he's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we have to look to Jesus. The more we look to him and focus our hearts and minds on him, the more faith will explode on the inside of us. So as we end this message, some questions to ask ourselves. Are you living according to the faith that was once for all handed down to the church? Or are you living by your own set of opinions and ideas that will not produce faith but doubt? Another question, are you trying to live for God without being anchored in the church? Lastly, can you make a commitment today to attach yourself to the body of Christ so you will always be hearing and hearing the word of God? I want to pray for you today. Father, we pray for every person who by the sound of my voice is hearing the word. I pray faith would arise in their hearts. I pray those who don't know Jesus Christ will give their life to him. I pray that people who want to live in faith rather than fear would finally say, I want to be connected to a body where I'm going to have people surrounding me who are going to continually encourage and exhort me. In Jesus' name. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Romans 10 says, if you confess, that means admit with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you want to believe, if you want to receive, if you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, this is the first step. So why don't you pray with me? Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe you died for me, that you hung on that cross, that your blood was shed so that I can be forgiven. I thank you, Jesus, that you died, but you rose three days later, that you're alive. Come in my heart. Secure me by your spirit. 
and I will follow you. Anchor me into your church. Help me to find Bible-believing, like-minded believers and Christians that I could be exhorted, encouraged, and receive courage to find you and follow you in Jesus' name. Well, you made a decision for Christ, but now it's time to be a disciple of Christ. And the only way to, to be a disciple means, the word disciple means to be a student. You have to be in the church. You have to learn the word, sit under the word. And so connect with us. There'll be something online that'll show you how to contact us. We want to walk with you. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. I pray that you'll be free, that you'll walk in his liberty today by following Jesus Christ. He's the only way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. I hope I see you soon at our church. God bless you. We trust that you were blessed. For more information regarding our church, please go to our website at www.resurrectionchurchofny.com or call 718-436-0242, extension 0.